Nabi Keita is literally Red Bull. Not yeah. Red Bull Leipzig, but he's like a, a shot of Red Bull. And he's just <laughs> like he's like that's 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 Nabi Keita. He wants to be that go, go, go. All right, everyone, welcome to Tampa Bay Cop Talk. I'm Darius. I'm David. That I was mean, easy this time. It's easy with two people. Like, we're not going to screw that one up. <laughs> we're missing a couple of guys today. Jordan is hurt. He's got a headache. And Andrew was unable to make it either. So uh, it's just a little one-on-one time with uh, with David and Darius. The D's going at it. Oh, my. But now we're, we're just going to kick it and have a kind of an open conversation just about Liverpool this season. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've seen so far, what we would hope to see, and maybe even a little too much talk about the future. We don't really want to be the show where we're already talking about next season when they still got dozen games left. But, but it uh, might be all we have to look forward to. We might. We might be talking about some Mbappe <laughs> 2022 type stuff. We might get into that. But uh, let's just start off with uh, these guys that I've got behind me. So Drafted up a little campaign poster for uh, the center backs that I want to see for the rest of the season. Kabak and Phillips. Those are the two that I'm looking at, David. Just because you keep mentioning it every single time, whether it's through our group chat or we're here on the podcast, Phillips hasn't really put a foot wrong this season. You can maybe get him for like one mistake against Brighton on a ball that could have been cleared out or something like that. Otherwise, he's been perfectly fine all season long he's not a sexy name he's obviously not someone who's a super prospect and he's not a high recruit who came in over the summer or anything like that he's just kind of a dude but he's been playing well and then kabak he's probably one for the future who has had to become one for now because of all of the injuries so i've said who i want david who are you looking at if you're getting your dream pairing among all of the center backs available <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, at this point, I don't think I can say anything about Ben Davis because I've never seen the guy play for Liverpool and I don't know what to expect when he does. So I can't go, well, I'm really good to see Davis in there. I think, look, Kabak and Phillips, there's a part of me that it, it gives me pause because neither one of them has ever played left-sided center back, but then we had to see it against Everton. And, you know, we didn't really drown, like – most of the game, they were fine. And I thought to myself, well, maybe it's just kind of overblown. They're in there to do a job. I like the way you describe it. He's a dude. Like, you're right. Nothing that Phillips does is sexy. And for that reason, he's never going to be a top choice center back for Liverpool. He might end up going in the summer and end up somewhere else. And then he is a top choice center back at, you know, Bolton Wanderers, where he, he started or you know, maybe even a, a lower level Premier League team like a Burnley or something. I don't know. But for now, he's a dude who can do a job and he's shown that he can do that job. So I do want to see him in there. I, I kind of got to the point that I like, you know, exactly what you're going to get. And I, the thing I like about a guy like that is I can plan around it if I know exactly what I'm going to get. Kabak, maybe a little bit more of a wild card. But it gives a kid a break. He's only played like three games. Like and he's just 20 got, years old. He's 20 years old. <laughs> you can see that he's very talented. You can see that he's an athlete. The kid's a unit, the way he's built. And he's, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders, I think. Like he's, he seems very much like willing to learn, pretty humble. 
it's the kind of guy Klopp wants. He reminds me a lot of Dejan Lovren, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit more athletic, like we've said before. So I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Put the two of them in, the, in there together. I think right now, if you're going to remain with four at the back and it's just going to be two center backs, then I think that's your two center backs. And you just, just trust them. It's going to be a little bit different. I, I think that we, we've talked about it before. And I'm sure that we'll get to this more, but um, if you're going to play them, I don't know if the four, three, three works because I think they're going to naturally sit a little bit deeper. They don't have the pace to keep up to play the super high line that the four, three, three requires. <laughs> so if they need to sit deeper, why don't I just play four, two, three, one, put a couple of defensive midfielders in front of them and create another line. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit more staggered. Uh, I'm hoping that's what they're working on in training this week. I'd love to see a four-two-three-one. Mm. Love to see Nabby come in and play a role in that. Whatever it is, I don't care. Just like mm. I, I wouldn't mind Nabby playing like the ten or something. You know? Yeah, I, I think what we want to see is a midfield that's just obviously consistent. But I, I know we're on the same page. I hope Jurgen Klopp is too. But let's let's pivot. <laughs> to the pivot role in that 4-3-3 midfield. The number six, we want to see Fabinho back there so bad, don't we? If dude's healthy, he's got to be there. I mean, honestly, at this point, I think Genie, it's been made clear. It's not his best role. And he doesn't like... So the thing that I think makes Fabinho and Hendo special is their ability to win the ball back in that position and then redistribute it super quickly, like into a place where it's dangerous for the opposition that are constantly on the back foot. Genie doesn't necessarily do that the same way. And I just feel like, look, it's it's homeboys last year at the club. And he's going to leave. Let's just free him up to go do something and have a little fun. He should be getting up the pitch trying to score goals. Remember that? Like, like you got to feel so bad for Genie because coming into the year, it's you see that Tiago's come in. That's probably his replacement. Curtis Jones is getting a more advanced role. That's probably going to be his re- replacement. They already brought in Nabi Keita, who was definitely supposed to be his replacement. And while you're just supposed to be like, all right, go play one of the eight roles. You get to be the free man. Go play forward. This is like a gap year. This is like take the foreign language classes, the history of dance classes, your senior year of college. You get to do whatever you want to do. But no, 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 no. Now it turns out we need you to take advanced chemistry. We need you to take all the tough classes. You have all of the world on your shoulders because you're the only one who did not get hurt. So no, like it's that's worse. so unfair it's... for Genie because this was supposed to be an easier for him, and now it's like, uh, Genie, please save us, please save it's us. It's not even chemistry, man. Like that would be like if Klopp like switched systems and was like, I need you to play right back. No, this is like, <laughs> this is like vocational school, backhoe licensing, <laughs> backbreaking work. Yeah, this is backbreaking <laughs> manual labor for him. Like, this is just even worse than all of that. And I feel that I do feel bad for him. I feel like, yeah, we should just cut him loose. One of my favorite genie moments, like of the last couple of years, and there's been a lot, but I remember that goal that he scored on the counter this year where he just took off mm-hmm. and he banged it in from the top. We, of the box. we finally got to see Holland Genie in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'd love to see more of that. I'd love yes. to see him do that on a regular basis, you know, like, or at least try to. And he never gets the opportunity of just kind of like, just put Fabinho back in. I don't give a shit if he, there's no one behind him. Just, <laughs> just put it back in the six and let Genie go back up the pitch. And like, we're putting a lot on Curtis Jones now. I don't mind it. I think it's great for him. He's rising to the occasion for the most part. But like, 
down the stretch, he, I, you know, they should be taking, they should be rotating regularly. I'd like to see more. I'd like to see Kata start regularly. I'd mm-hmm. like to see a little bit more of Oxlade Chamberlain, not off the bench. I think that we don't get our best from Ox when he's off the bench. I'm not saying that he blows it away when he starts, but if we're going to get him back to be an Oxlade Chamberlain, I think we've got to have him play 60 minutes on a fairly regular basis. So yeah, yeah, I, I yeah don't that know. that, I just, that of course comes down to his fitness with 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 Oxlade. Chamberlain, but uh, I mean, going back to Fabinho. Uh, so one interesting note that we uh, kind of came up this week: twenty-seven appearances for Fabinho at center back this season, most of any Liverpool player, more than any of the actual center backs, and just barely ahead of Jordan Henderson, who is now out with injury. So we haven't really gotten to see much of Fabinho at the six, and then how that affects the midfield. But just from what you've seen from Fabinho. What does it really mean having him in the six and how that affects the rest of the midfield? Yeah. I mean, like I said, you've got to have that guy that can win the ball and redistribute quickly when he's not in there. He doesn't bring as much to the game, in my opinion, from center back. He's a good center back, but he also he's playing this left-sided center back role. He doesn't quite look comfortable there. And like when he's in the six, it, it just gives the other two midfielders so much more freedom because you don't feel like they have to cover for the fullbacks quite as much when the fullbacks mm-hmm. go forward. The fullbacks feel a little bit more reassured because he'll drop deep in between the two center backs, and it's almost like you're playing a three-man back line. It gives you that freedom, right, To for everybody. Everybody in front of him just sort of feels like it's, it's a security blanket. Right. I mean, the guy's going to put in a nasty he has to but he'll put in a world-class tackle i, I was gonna say i was gonna say you could be a bit more of a shit house when you're playing in the midfield because that, if we, you do that okay get away with two or three of those then it's like okay card time whatever yeah. you do that as the last line of defense that could be a penalty back. so and it has been and it There's has no, been a couple of times this season. he's given away like three he's given away multiple penalties time. because he's going in and putting in a challenge where it's like Dude, if that's, that's 40 yards that's out, nobody field challenge in the wrong place. <laughs> right. It's, it's a good challenge, actually, if it's in the midfield, because you look at it and it's like, hey, got a little bit of the ball. It's fine. Yeah. Penalty area. Oh, so he clipped his heels. It's penalty. not a big deal. It's the center circle. Who right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so seeing Fabinho back in his home at the six, I think, would be a great thing to see. But, but, but what that affects for the rest of the midfield, I can't get over the fact that it means that Genie can free up and play a little bit more free. Curtis can go and bomb on. Uh, whether it's Tiago, then having the right to not have to worry about busting back all the time. He can actually just go and be oh. a distributor. I, I, and especially if Nabi Keita comes back in and is fully fit or Ox when he's at his best, all those guys can just go and join the, join the attack because we haven't yeah. really seen the midfielders do that this year. It's been all up to the front three to create the goals. And it's clearly not working for anyone not named Mohamed Salah. No. And we're coming out of Tiago, right? So we're, ha- we're all having this big debate about Tiago. Is he shit? Is he great? Blah, blah, blah. He's not even himself <laughs> because he's not even allowed to be himself. He was signed to play a certain role. And because the, we're, not, we're not able to play the 4-3-3 the way that we're meant to play it, and we don't have the people around him that he's meant to have around him, he can't even really do the job that he's meant to do because he's playing in a team that's constantly trying to find itself or is a is kind of a crappy imitation of itself. You know what I mean? So like to me, yeah, you bring Fabinho back. Now we're asking Gene Wijnaldum to do his Fabinho impression at the six right now. He can't do it. But I can tell you one thing that he can do. He can do a pretty decent Jordan Henderson as 
impression, right? Like he can he can pull that off. It's much more his game. And then that is essentially the midfield that Tiago was signed to play in, right? If you've got Fabinho and Wijnaldum next to him, he can be more the guy, at least in the sense that he's playing with the two guys that he's meant to play with. And we may have to change the formation a bit because of the center back situation. But let's say that we have to go for two, three, one. You could put Genie and Fabinho in those holding roles and let Tiago roam. And I, I think in that situation, you may get a lot more out of him. You could even put him alongside Fabinho and just knowing that he's got that like real ball winner, that steady presence alongside of him that he doesn't have to come in with these ridiculous challenges. And like, it's just like, help him clean things up, but then we're going to get you the ball and you start to orchestrate. Hey, that might be exactly what he needs. It might be what everybody needs because you start to do that. You get a little bit better service into the front three. You know, maybe you shit if you go four, two, three, one, maybe put Salah central, Mane off the right, you throw Shakiri on the left and put Bobby in the 10. And hey, you don't know what that looks like. like. That could look really great just for a little while. If for no other reason to throw than to throw something else at teams. Look, if for nothing else, if I can go the rest of the season without seeing Fabinho giving away a penalty on a bad challenge in the penalty area or Tiago putting in a terrible tackle somewhere in the midfield playing as a six. If I can just get away from that the rest of the season, I'll be happy. (laughs) I'm I'm sick of seeing that. If I don't see Tiago give away a terrible foul within the first two It's like the first three minutes of the game and he picks up a card and you're just like, do it again. (laughs) Your first challenge of the game was fucking awful, man. But but that's 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 sometimes the challenge of him having to play the six alone because even when he played that deeper role going back to Bayern it was usually in a double pivot or they would play with like a three at the back type situation it wouldn't be you're there in the six you've got two center backs who are also inexperienced well, by the way good luck go take them on oh and it's a team that's actually playing at you and coming at you it's not just a team that's sitting back so. Like he has not really had to play like this where he's being asked to be the Lord and savior. And it's like, that's, that's not his role at all. And he's playing in a team that isn't having to chop and change every game due to somebody else falling apart. You know what I mean? Like it's the fact that we've had so many different center back pairings. It look, you can't, if you've ever played the game, you can't ever look at that and go, that doesn't, it's not something that they think about. Of course it is. Of course it is. You're talking about the spine of the team is constantly changing. Like everyone's thinking about it. Everybody doesn't trust it. Everybody's feeling like anxiety about it. Guaranteed. So yeah, I I just, for him, I, it's like, I think just Fabinho being in that role that he's supposed to be in, I think it'll just create stability for everybody. It's going to take a little bit of pressure off those center backs because they're going to feel like, all right, this guy's got our back. If nothing else, you know what I mean? Like he, if everybody else goes forward, this dude will drop back in and it'll help us out. And like, you just have to trust these center backs too. And I, you gotta yeah. let Fabinho be Fabinho. We've got to stop trying to like make makeshift things. And I, I just think it's not working. So for yeah. me, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Fabinho back in the second. Yeah, Fabinho is the ultimate destroyer in midfield. That's what he was brought in to do is to mess stuff up for the other team. So if you're trying to bring in young center backs and experienced center backs, it does make sense to have a good destroyer out in front of them, especially if the alternate is you take that destroyer out and then he becomes one of your inexperienced center backs. And again, Fabinho has been okay 
as a center back, but he hasn't been Virgil van Dyke. He's not Virgil van Dyke. He can't be Virgil van Dyke. So at that point, what you're losing from the midfield is not a gain in the defense. It's kind of treading water in the defense and then you're dropping way off in the, in the midfield. So to that point, I, I think it makes so much more sense having him at the six. Yeah. And like, I'd rather drown in defense, but be boss in midfield. <laughs> That's where those games have been lost for Liverpool a, a lot this season. When, when you look at the midfield, right? One of the things we were talking about off air was that in the last couple of seasons, Liverpool went from being a team of a bunch of dudes, a bunch of little guys to being a towering, tall, big midfield with Fabinho and Henderson specifically. And then with Wijnaldum or with even Milner, Jones can bring that to you a little bit more of a physical presence in the midfield. And this season, it's been a lot shorter, obviously, and mismatch pieces trying to figure out who goes where. So when you look at this team right now for Liverpool, they're not just short on men, but they're literally short or no, this yeah, season no. where you're We're missing a, a lot of height. We have a big height problem. I mean, yeah. uh, so going back to 2017, you think about that squad and who was in it, you know, Coutinho's in there, short guy, you know, Salah and Mane were in there, both neither one's very tall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bobby was still around, but it, it's you're looking at your big dudes were Hendo at 6'1, Lovren, I think, was 6'1, and then Matip was like the guy that was 6'4. And M. Ray Chan would come in and out of things, and he was over six feet tall. Yep. But aside from that, so they went out and they got Virgil van Dyke. That brings a towering 6'4 super athlete mm-hmm. in the squad. Joe Gomez starts making regular appearances. I think he's what, 6'2? Six 6'2, two? Six two, yeah. 6'2, yeah. So that brings another big boy in and he's fast as shit. Allows Hendo to move into the midfield. And then before you know it, they bring in Fabinho. And now there's another 6'3 guy. So mm-hmm. on set pieces, you had all these big, big bodies that you could throw into these games, right? And it made a huge difference. We, last year, we won, I don't even know how many set pieces. And a lot of them weren't necessarily Virgil van Dyke or Fabinho winning them. But it was them pulling two or three defenders to them to make sure that they got marked. And Bobby Fabinho is at the back post by himself. Yeah. And he's burying headers. You know, we, that, set pieces wasn't a bad part of Mane and Bobby's game, right? It was actually a part of the place where they got goals from. Mm-hmm. This year, not happening we've seen one goal from bobby on a set piece that was the tottenham match that's the last i think i I think that is the last corner that they won for a goal yeah and that was december like december 16th Mm -hmm. so we've gone two months without even getting on the end of a corner yeah money is getting marked much tighter now because nobody's really scared of the other threats and so yeah i want to get some height back into the squad and uh, you know if that means sacrificing you know I, I, you, I don't know how you do it, but I really think it's, you've got to at least get Fabinho in there on a regular basis. And, and just even just some, a big body in the midfield, like a, a Vieira type, it just makes a difference. Like it, when you're coming up the pitch and you see this big guy coming at you, you're more inclined to like want to move the ball quickly or yeah. like and you're more inclined to make mistakes. Like, you know, he's going to put in a big crunching tackle on you. It has an effect on the other team's mentality about how they oh, come yeah. forward how they how they move the ball through the midfield, you know, maybe just kick it over him is what you're thinking. <laughs> well, it, it, it makes it makes a big difference if you're even just in just only talking about Fabinho. It makes a difference when you're facing him and he's coming to you and is in your face compared to 
oh, I've got 10, 15 yards. There he is on the back line. Now I can figure out what I want to do with him. Like those are two totally different scenarios. And when he's in the midfield, he's initiating a lot of those challenges. He can be aggressive, but when he's the last line of defense, he has to stay off. And it it, it goes against his natural tendency to want to go and mess stuff up. Because when you see defenders who are overly aggressive, like we've seen it a little bit with Kabak this season, we've obviously seen it with Dejan Lovren, but then you've seen a little bit with Fabinho this season. You can get yourself out of position, make one step too many, and all of a sudden you're beat, and nobody's behind you because you are the last line of defense. So it, yeah. it makes more sense to have him in that aggressor role in the midfield. Um, and, and one last thing on the height. I'm glad that you pointed out the fact that it's not just having Virgil van Dyke in there as a target man on those set pieces, but it's also the fact that he drags a lot of attention to him. Uh, Gareth Southgate himself, going back to the 2018 World Cup, he pointed out, because England were very successful on their set pieces, he pointed out that a set piece is just like an out-of-bounds play in basketball. And one of the things about out-of-bounds plays, because you don't have a lot of space, the defense is all there, it's all about precise movement and working together, and one thing affects the other. So if it's a what's called a rub route, where one person you know sets a little screen for the next person, then that is going to create a big difference. It's all of those intricate movements and having those big bodies to free up people. So it could be like if you look at the NBA, you could have a big center who's sitting there right in the middle. Or if that center is there and he's dragging two people to him because he's seven feet tall, uh, yeah, the person next to him is probably going to be wide open. It, it's, stu- it's stuff like that you have to remember on those set pieces that Liverpool are missing, not just the body and the guy who's going to score the goals himself, but all the attention that he's going to drag to him. And with Liverpool on the set pieces this season, I mean, you said it yourself. It's been over two months. They've been, quite frankly, pathetic on set pieces, attacking-wise. And defending, they haven't been much better. A lot of those goals that they've given up at last minute, it's been a scramble drill on a penalty or, excuse me, on a corner or a long free kick. Yeah. That's a no, lot, I mean, That's a lot of what's at, happened. Just look at the number of set piece goals that we scored over seasons and then how many we've scored this season and it's just it's a huge drop off and it's no it's no mystery why i mean we're just missing the pieces that make our set piece plays functional yeah. and i it's another reason i'm kind of behind the idea of phillips one defending set pieces the kid i, I don't know i gotta get, find out the exact percentage but i feel like he wins like a, over 90 percent of his aerial duels so Defending corners and set pieces, we become a lot stronger with him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, you know, he can offer you something going forward. And we, we did get him on the end of one set piece in the Everton game. He put it into the side netting because he was kind of falling forward onto yeah. it. But nonetheless, it does at least give you a target, man, to go, okay, see if you can get it up on his big-ass head. <laughs> Maybe he can just flick it towards goal. You know, if, if nothing else, it, it's kind of a – Burnley slash Newcastle type strategy, but hey, if it can score you a couple of goals, if if you came out of the end of the season that Phillips had scored three set piece goals, that's a wild success to me. Oh yeah, because it's three more than we've had in the last ten games. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you don't need you don't need him to even necessarily score the goals, like you said. Just be a target man. Just have somebody who's tall who they can knock the ball down, them. and then if the ball's loose in the box. What what's gonna happen? Scramble. I would much rather see a scramble than a ball that's cleared out because we've Absolutely. been seeing that for the last two and a half months. 
And the, and the thing, like you take him, he goes up there. He's what six three, I think. Yeah. They got to account for him. You, you can't leave him on Mars. <laughs> I mean, you've got to get put a body on him. And then, yeah, but if you've got him and Fabinho in there, okay, that's at least two big bodies. Uh, all right. So, and then let's say you've got Kabak as well. So he's six one. He's not small. He's about Henderson's size. He's six one, but he's also pretty athletic. He can he can climb the he, ladder, as they say. Yeah, yeah. You've seen his vertical leap. Yeah, it's he's got good. a good. He's got a good. Yeah, he's got a good leap. So I'm like, they have that's three guys you kind of account for. So maybe at that point, then it does become harder to account for Mane and Bobby, and maybe they can get a few set piece goals because it's you know they're both struggling something awful. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that, that's one thing about Liverpool this season. Um, I know. Andrew hates it when you talk XG and stats and such, but I'm going to just slip one in right quick, right? So it's not going to go too far into it, but the XG for Liverpool last season was plus four. This season, minus four. Well, actually it was plus six last year, minus four this year. So it's just Liverpool haven't gotten those bounces in the same way they've gotten last year. And sometimes it's a scramble drill off of a corner where you don't really expect a goal to come out of it, but oh, now a dude is just free because the ball slipped through somebody's feet and there it is. Like those kinds of things can happen when you just, when you, when you take your chances. So, so for Liverpool, I think we do want to see a little bit more of that where it's just create your own luck. I, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's all that we're really saying with this, where it's like, you're not expecting Nat Phillips to go in and head in five goals the rest of the season, but having him in there might be, oh, he has a flick on that he didn't really mean because he was trying to head it on goal, but you know, he's big and he's goofy and it falls to slot. <laughs> like that could yeah. happen. That, we've seen yeah. that happen. Actually, that, that not exact scenario. It literally just, it, it took a weird deflection off of his big noggin. Yeah. <laughs> and then it lands to genie who just slotted it. But the like, point is fine. if, if, if okay, that same, position, yeah, but the point is if that same position is held by a dude who's five ten, you're not going to make that happen. Like that's, yeah, that's, no, that's gonna, kind of exactly. The thing. You don't exactly. have a chance and at like, that point. You know, last year we won so many games where it's like, oh, they, they kind of won that ugly. But like, yeah. did I care? No, it was the same three points. I don't care. I'm like, get back to winning ugly. I don't yeah. care if you look like if you look like you had an ugly, ugly game plan, like a, you're in tenth place. If you don't fix, if you don't start scoring some goals, we're gonna be in tenth place. <laughs> so like, I don't care. Just win ugly. Do what you gotta do. It doesn't all have to be poetry in motion, beautiful football all the time like we'll get back to that at some point i do believe even with the guys that we have now like we have moments where it's gorgeous football you know you saw the goal against leicester well mm-hmm. it's fantastic those things will happen but we also need some like really ugly ones to go in and just like not care that it was ugly yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't we haven't really seen too many ugly goals this season so i think that would certainly do liverpool some good all right so as we're on kind of you know working our way forward from the back to the front for liverpool uh let's go and have a little conversation on tiago so tiago his come his season has been obviously up and down coming into the year he's looked at as the missing piece to the point where wayne rooney went on record to say if they bring in tiago liverpool win the league well liverpool looked pretty damn good in the first couple of appearances against chelsea and everton and then Virgil van Dijk gets hurt in the Everton game. And Thiago is hurt in the Everton game. We don't see him again until, well, December. So now that we've seen Thiago back for long enough, month, month and a half of him, there's a number of people criticizing him. 
specifically saying the one critique in particular is that he slows down Liverpool. He slows down the attack. Not necessarily getting into any love hate relationship with, you know, what Thiago does or anything like that. Just focusing on that. Do you think he slows down Liverpool and slows down their attack that he's the reason that that's happened this year? Well, we didn't bring him in to lump long balls. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody if he's trying to be more technical, right? And to connect passes in the midfield. It's literally what you signed him to do. Yeah. <laughs> you literally signed him to play these like tight passing lanes and you know, help unlock teams when they were parking the bus, right? Like that's part of why he came in. Okay, well, right now we're having to play this completely other way. And it doesn't necessarily suit him. As we said, he's been out half the season. He's out for two months. He's not playing with the guys around him that he was supposed to be playing with. There isn't the same type of chemistry with the guys that he is playing with at the moment. He doesn't slow us down. By nature, we are slowed down because of the situation that we're in. That's really what it comes down to. He's the new piece, so people are pinning it on him. But it's not necessarily him. It's just the nature of the personnel changes, the people who helped us tick over and really go fast when we needed to go fast aren't there. You know, Virgil van Dyke, I don't know how many times he'd win the ball and then switch the play with a 40-yard ball. How much that speeds up the game for the opponent? It puts everybody on the back heel and they're back heel and they're immediately in panic mode. I mean, one of the most incredible goals I've ever seen, I was lucky enough to see in person, was Mo Salah's goal against Chelsea. Do you know where mm. it starts? Virgil van, van Dyke, Dyke, right at midfield. Ball, yeah, pings Perfect the ball. To his feet. Pinged it. Both solid feet. Mm-hmm. We don't have these players in there now, and so when we're, especially when we're playing low block sides, you know, they're throwing six, seven guys back before, like by the time we even break, and you're like, well, just run at them. Well, okay, yeah, you can just run at them. We could try that, but when we try that, we haven't been successful. We've got Mo and Mane up there, isolated, running and shooting into walls. You know, it's it's the same thing over and over again. They end up having to recover the ball, shift it out wide. Here we go, the same old bullshit. And we're all second. We feel like we've all seen this game. I don't know how many times now, right? Where we keep saying it, it's like I'm watching the same game over and over and over again. It's not down to Tiago. It's just the changing nature of a group that's missing so many of the pieces that made it click before. And that's part of why we we I keep coming back to this shape change because. Look, the, the, the folks that made that work, they're not, they're not going to play this season. We've got a minimum of 14 games left. I'd like us to win some of those. So, like, it's not – let's find a way to get Tiago doing what he was meant to do, mm-hmm. right? Because he's not, he's not able to do it right now. He's having to account for all these other things. He's having to cover fullbacks that, you know, I don't think that's what his initial plan was meant for. Because there's just a lack of trust back. And there's this constant, like, in the midfield, everybody's rushing back all the time. We go into we go into attack. If they get forward enough so that they're contributing to the attack, as soon as we lose the ball, everybody's rushing back because they're afraid that these defenders are going to get burnt or whatever it is. I think we just got to let it go and just trust the defenders and just play whatever system Klopp says. If he says we got to play 4-3-3, then, hey, trust these guys to do their jobs, you know. I, I don't know what to say. It's like at some point you can't hold everybody's hand. You just gotta fucking go for it. Right. And be yourselves. 
I, th- I think that's what's so staggering for a lot of people because I think even us, we expected, okay, Virgil van Dyke goes out, another center back goes down. We were kind of expecting it would be, all right, well, Liverpool, they'll just turn up the attack and then the defense will suffer, but it'll be a 4-3 win for Liverpool. Or th- We were expecting high-scoring games on both ends, both in the attack and the other team scoring as well. And other than the FA Cup against United, we have not seen that whatsoever. So, I mean, do you think that that's a function of it, maybe, that people had the expectation that Liverpool's attack would just, okay, keep going, and then the defense would suffer, but because it hasn't worked out like that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? And it doesn't help that the attack is struggling so bad, that Bobby Firmino's not been himself, that Sadio Mane's not been himself, that Mo Salah has not been very efficient. He's, he's got the most goals in the league, but let's be honest, he could have a lot more. I'm not to be a dick, and I'm not saying I don't appreciate what Mo does. He's one of the best attackers on the planet. But we'd be lying to ourselves if we said that he hadn't missed quite a few chances. <laughs> and like you know, you look, take the um, what game was it? I think it was the maybe the Brighton game. We had that set piece. Tiago cleverly flicks it over the top, and for whatever reason, Bobby. Oh, Firmino takes a touch and then takes another touch and. Yeah. Like that, that was one that shot. seemed pretty clear. Like, just take that first time. Just take the fucking first time shot. <laughs> two years ago, you had the confidence to do that. <laughs> to the point. To the point. Well, not not even years ago. How about yeah. just a, a couple of games ago against Crystal Palace, where Firmino was like going and he's like first touch outside of the boot, burying it. Like that. Yeah. That was that was something we saw from Firmino literally weeks ago. So it's 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 been a season like that where you'll see a goal of the year candidate one end, and then the next it's like. Why don't you want to shoot? Just go and just just shoot. Just take the shot, bro. Take the shot. <laughs> you know, shoot your shot, homie. So I think there's been a little bit of that with Liverpool this season. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just interesting that you brought up that one with Thiago sending the ball over the top um, on a quick little free kick. It was just outside the penalty area. There was a side by side that was put up because he did the same thing at Bayern last Bayern. year. And Thomas Muller, first time, doesn't catch all of it. He basically got enough of it. But because it catches everyone off guard, it's a goal. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, there are moments of brilliance that Tiago has brought to the team that don't even really get noticed because it didn't, it didn't result in anything. It's hard to remember it when it didn't result in anything. And then 10 minutes, he should have had basically the pass before the pass for the winner in the Merseyside Derby at Everton, but well, they got barred, but we got barred out of it, you know? And like, that's, you know, I, there's so many factors at play this year, but I don't blame him for anything. I've right. seen him pull. I've seen him pull a nice little move out of a, you know, out of a hat, and then switch the ball 35 yards onto mm-hmm. somebody's front foot. And you're like, hey. But if that's just in the yeah. middle of an action where there's now 10 more passes and nothing. Well, and the problem is, is ball, no one remembers that. Like, if you have a beautiful switch to send it out wide, lands right at the feet of Trent Alexander Arnold, he sends it back to the midfield, and then Vinaldo loses the ball. Like. Nobody remembers exactly. that sequence. Or he had one a couple of weeks ago, and he, he switched it over to Mane. Mane gets it. He cuts in. He tries a little play. Defense breaks it up, and then they go down yeah. the field. Right? Well, no one's going to remember that. Like right. it, it's it's hard to like you unless you're sitting there going okay, like accumulatively keeping score on someone's performance, right? And there's like people who do that to a fault, and mm-hmm. then there's people who don't do that at all. And these people like to fight on Twitter. <laughs> and they're very loud. <laughs> they're very loud. And it's like, look, the truth is in the middle somewhere, folks. Like, right. Tiago is not perfect. And he's not, like, uh, defensively, he's been a sham at times. Uh, 
and he has given all away. There's also been some times where it's like you look at him winning the ball back, and it's like, oh wow, how do you get that one back? And yeah. he he does yeah. have, I mean, the fluid hips. He he is able to stretch for some balls. I'm like, how did he get there? And he's it's a balance. He can jump a lot higher than I thought too. He's won some aerial duels, and I'm just like, dude, you are five inches shorter than that guy. How did you get that? So yeah. as much as we want to sit here and say he's not the perfect be all end all that I think some people expected him to be. He's a damn good football. And that was the, that that was the thing is like all the Twitter hype is like I get I get concerned about players when there's a lot of Twitter hype. I'm like, because yeah. you know, so, look, so, first time so he's that, ever played in England. Yeah, to, is, to that end, though, I, I was just gonna say to that end, does that make it kind of perfect for Diogo Jota, who actually did play in England but didn't come in with nearly as much hype as Tiago, no and then he hits around running. Everybody's like, like, exactly. like, like, oh, like Jota was an afterthought, it. and then he's like, oh wow, he <laughs> scores goals. And also, you have to remember too, the guys who score goals they get more love than the dudes who don't. And oh Tiago's yeah, not oh yeah. Well, and Tiago was a Tiago was a transfer saga. Went on for months. Oh, was true. it going to happen? Wasn't it going to happen? So much anticipation. People talking about how incredible he is. He gets the player man of the match in a Champions League <laughs> final, which is yeah. he's crowned, you know, European champion. And and then the the thing finally happens and there's all this expectation around it and blah, blah, blah. And there's this huge celebration and there's memes. And, we see and him for, we all, we we see him for 75 minutes before he gets hurt. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then for Jota, like he came in the day after that and everybody mm-hmm. was like, Oh, I didn't even know this was going to happen. Cool. Oh no, no. There was also no some people. Don't, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. There was also some people because remember who they were looking at. Um, when I say they, um, Twitter sphere was considering Liverpool <laughs> going after um, two guys. One from Watford, it's Melia Saar because Sarr. he had a great game against Liverpool last year. But then the other was Adama Traore. So everyone was like, oh, you got the other winger from Wolves. What are you guys doing here? And then it turns out, oh, he's really good. Okay, <laughs> we get really it. Yeah. He's a perfect club player. <laughs> and like, that's the thing is like, when you don't put, heap a bunch of pre- like you don't have any expectations out of something and it's like i don't know why we can't just look at things the same way with the current center backs i mean i think we, i think actually i take that back because i think a lot of us are looking at things that way with the current center backs i think like, it's I a free have, hit for them mostly yeah yeah it's a free hit like if cop yeah. doesn't turn out to be anything i'm like well he's a tw- he's a child who played one year at Schalke. And then was playing another year. You don't even have to keep him. Loan. He's only here on he loan. Ten- I mean, you don't even have to. And I don't, we don't even have to buy him. Like, get rid of him. free. Yeah. Just try it out. See what happens. If he turns out to be talented, you get him on a cheap. Yeah. You get you eat 18 million for a player of 20 years old and, and who's had, you know, he's got some decent pedigree behind and him. And is going to be a first teamer. Yeah. He's going to play first team football somewhere. Yeah. So, hey. Like, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, ben Davis is almost free to me. Like, just who cares? Try yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Like Where's Andrew would say, bus fare. Bus fare. Is legit. Matt Phillips is legit free because yeah. <laughs> he's coming out of your academy. So, like, yeah, like, who cares? Just think of it the same way. Like, don't expect anything. And whatever you get, a bonus. So I think one bonus that could really be one for Liverpool fans this season would be if we see something from the guys who are coming back from injury. Let's start with the midfield with Nabi Keita because Keita, obviously, we know, very expensive player coming in. What was it, the third most expensive Liverpool signing of all time? But 
when you look at Nabi Keita, he's a player that when he has been healthy, has been dynamic. He has been the exact kind of player Liverpool could use right now, taking on players 1v1, beating them, going and putting in a nice challenge, bringing you a lot of energy, and just doing a lot of unpredictable, some random shit on the football pitch that it feels like Liverpool could use right now. So He's a Tasmanian devil. He's a Tasmanian devil, right? (laughs) Best case scenario, he comes back, and let's not even say he plays in all the games. Let's just say he gives you every other. But having the reestablishing of Nabi Keita, and he's, say, in a couple matches back to where he was at the end of last year when he looked dynamic, what does that do for this Liverpool team? That's oh, huge. Look, look if, if out of 14 games left, if you're going to, minimum 14, but let's just say it's 14. If you can appear in eight of them, eight of them, I'll be happy. And honestly, he's just such a, like you said, the energy. Mm-hmm. He ain't afraid to put in a foot. He ain't afraid to try something, right? So, like, take that goal that he scores against Chelsea in the, the night that we lift the trophy. I mean, it just felt like it came out of nowhere. And he's the perfect player for just, like, picking the ball up and doing something quickly. We need that kind of thing right now. And we were talking about how much we've slowed down. Hammy Keita can speed us up again. He can, mm-hmm. he can kick it up a gear. He can dribble past two or three people. because He does have the fastest goal in Liverpool's Premier League history, by the way. Had that against, uh, who, who was it? Two, it was uh, three years ago now, actually. Well, no, two years ago. Uh, but it was, it was against a team that got relegated. It was uh, Huddersfield. Okay. He scored it, what was it, like 30 yeah, yeah. seconds in or something yeah, like that? It was, like, it was off the kickoff. Like yeah, kick, yeah, it was, it was off, off the kickoff. Kick he presses, wins the ball <laughs> off the press, goes and scores a goal. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the kind of thing that he can do for you, right? Yeah. Like he's so he's, – he's a quick thinker. He's got that – he's not – like we said, he's not afraid of physical play. So he's going to win the ball. He's going to put in challenges. He's really, he's an accurate passer. Like the, the person, part of the reason they bought him was the percentage of passes that he completes, mm. I think was one of the stats that really attracted them to him, plus the distance covered. But like when you look at his highlights from Red Bull Leipzig, he's completing passes all over the pitch. And right now we just need somebody who could do that kind of thing, like slip a ball through in the final third to just free somebody up or just be a wild card. Like you legit – it feels a little bit right now, like when we get the ball on the edge of the opponent's 18-yard box, everybody knows what's going to happen. They know how to defend it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Nabi Keita comes in, I guarantee you there's going to be some wild card shit going on. I have no idea what's going to happen because he's that kind of player. Like he's just going to try something that he probably shouldn't try, but he's going to pull it <laughs> off. You know what I mean? Like on paper, He's talented like, enough to make it happen, though. Exactly. Because yeah. like statistically speaking, that's not going to come off. That's that a terrible time. idea, but you can do it, dude, because you're, you're that good. Exactly. And like, <laughs> that's why we need him so bad. That's why I, I really hope he can stay healthy just for once. They didn't rush him back from injury because he just kept hurting himself again. Yeah. But if he's coming back this time and he's legit supposed to be like good to go, like, no, he's fully healed. He's ready. It's going to be a big lift. And it's just going to take a lot of pressure off guys like Jeannie, uh, off Curtis Jones, off Tiago. Like, I think Tiago will enjoy playing with this player. Just because it's going to give him like it's it's going to give the opponents something on the other side of that midfield that they have to be just as equally as concerned. Well, and it's it's two different dynamics too because Tiago he seems like a player where it's like he wants to be on the ball where he gets to be chill and he gets to be cool. I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna hit you up. And uh, Nabi Keita is literally Red Bull, not yeah. Red Bull Leipzig, but he's like a, a shot of Red Bull. And he's just. Yeah. 
Like he's <laughs> like that's 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 not the case. He wants to be that go go go. He is the energizer buddy. So I I think they actually complement each other really well. If they're playing as the two eights with the beginning behind them, you get one guy who's really energetic and is go at it. He's gonna take you on. He's gonna do something that you don't expect. And then you've got the smooth, elegant Tiago. Like that's a peanut yeah. butter and jelly combination. If you ask me, man, I, I really want to see that. I'd like to see it too. I mean, I'd like to see it also like a healthy ox with Thiago, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't think ox is right, but if he could be ever get back to his old self, you know, he had that ability to drive and create things, but Navi Keita is more, more of a, a better passer, somebody that can yeah. kind of unlock things for other people as well as create for himself. True. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to his return. I hope that he could play uh if he doesn't play Sunday, maybe he can play two. I think it's Tuesday. They next play Thursday against Chelsea. Oh, oh Thursday, right? Yeah. And hey, he's you know he likes scoring goals against Chelsea. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So one thing I, I do want to kind of mention, just uh, you know, before we get into Diogo Jota, uh, Liverpool have shown, at the very least, over the last few guys who have come back from injury, uh, a reluctance to just either throw them back in or rush them back, even as they're in the middle of an injury crisis. It seems like that's been the, that's kind of been the, um, the MO for the the team, uh, especially getting guys back fit. It's not just getting them back in and, and hope you're good to go and we'll see how it goes, but really being methodical about it, taking their time in the approach. I know that's been the case with, Fabinho because he's been in contention what's it been the last two three matches Nabi Keita he's been available for two matches now hasn't played in either and Diogo Jota even though he is likely very likely to be available for Sunday don't expect to see him start but just just overall even as Liverpool are in the middle of a injury crisis right now I mean how do you how do you feel about that approach kind of taking their time getting guys back you know, it's unfortunate, but I think it's something that you have to do. Like, you've got to make sure we've seen the impact of recurring injuries, right? And I can remember, like, one of the ones that haunt, that really, like, burned us back in the day was when they kept rushing Gerard back on, mm-hmm. on the groin thing, and he kept getting hurt. He kept reoccurring, reoccurring. And there was a point where we were like, I don't know about Stevie's future at all anymore. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be right. I don't know if he's, this could be like the end of his career. And it was scary for a minute. Like, this is our, this is our most important player. Like, this is somebody that like changes everything when he's in there. I, I think you've just got to let injuries heal. Yeah. It sucks. But, you know, bodies take time when they're damaged to come back to 100%. And then you've got a guy who's been sitting around, you know, maybe he's been working out. But, Working out and running around on a practice pitch, even just even if you're in full training, it's not the same thing as a game. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't hold the same intensity. And it's, you know, you've got to get them up to a place where they can even compete and hold the intensity for a long enough time to play 30 minutes. Yeah. And then you've got to build from there. And it just takes time. It just, I'm fine with it. Do the right thing. If you can keep Navicata, Fabinho, and Diogo Jota on the pitch for the rest of the season, I like our chances to make top four. I feel a lot better. I feel, I feel a lot better like right away. We will find a way. Somewhere in there, we're going to win, I'd say, 10 of the last 13 games. 
That's it makes shout. that big of a difference. But I do agree. That's 30 it does. points. That's 70 points. And, and, and here's the thing, though. Here, here's the thing. Top four, I don't know. They but haven't been be in the conversation. That, that's the thing, though. They haven't been that far off that it's unrealistic to say they could go on a streak. They've been what right were, there. And those are three world-class players you just mentioned. And this is what we talked about the other day, right? Like, and this is why it's so frustrating. And it's come up with the Rory Smith piece about, you know, banging your head against the wall, doing the same thing over and over again. And he's 100% right. I've been saying it for a while. Yeah. But to to be kind of balanced, you're right. Like, they're not far off. It's not like they're playing terribly all the, the for 90 minutes. They play well for 60. 60, 70, 70 sometimes even 80. And, yeah, and then something <laughs> goes wrong and there's a breakdown somewhere and and yes, you do need to change it because you need to get to something that you can play for 90 minutes or you need to get to something that you can just create more chances and score more goals, if nothing else. Like if you're going to give them up, you've got to at least score more. Yep. And right now the attack looks a little bit stifled and that's kind of been going on for a while. So I still think there's an argument to change it. But at the same time, like even just bringing back these three guys, and let's just say that we didn't change, these three guys make enough of a difference when they're healthy that I think we become more effective and you do score more goals and it does become harder for other teams to get into the match and create their own goals, you know, with Fabinho in the game. I just, that's why I'm like, you know, it's massive that you get it right. And then they're there for those 14 games. And if I honestly, if they're there in that champions league match, we've got 16 games left at least yeah. because we're going to the quarterfinals. You know, we're up yeah. to nil. I like our chances, but if we got the right, we got full bodies in there, like our, our full, our closer to our full squad. Yeah, we're going to be there. Yeah, it definitely does give you a lot of uh, encouragement when you look at those guys coming back and where they are right now. Uh, it, it, it helps. It, 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 you really do hope that it is one of those things where that long-term play of trying to get guys back to fitness it pays off and then you see those dividends in the rest of the season that would be that would be really impressive because i know if i were in that position i would have been rushing those guys back oh you you can you only got one leg uh, you can hop around on one leg let, let get back out there like i I'm, i would be the person who's trying to rush back virtual van dyke right now like Oh, you're, you can be on grass? All right. So uh, you're going to be good for Sunday, right? <laughs> like, I think the temptation. I guarantee you there. And it is there. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. It, yeah. But they're like, oh, you're out here now. That's it. Suit yep, up. So uh, suit up. <laughs> but it's, it's, I think the temptation has been there to try to rush these guys back. But you would have a lot more situations like Joel Matip if that were the case where he's out and then he's one. back yeah. and then he's out and then he's back and then he's out the rest of the season. So you don't want any more guys to be like that. You want him to be the last. We saw Ox come back from a small thing last year too early and Mm -hmm. end up getting hurt again. And, you know, this year he took his time and he hasn't quite returned to it, but he's been available. At least he's been consistently available. I don't think that Klopp feels that he's, he's quite right and that's fine, but he's in training and he's available. And look, if you can play him into form to being something like the, the player that he was, You've got another great player on your hands. So, I, yeah, I just think you, you got to manage injuries intelligently. We've got a, a world-class medical staff over the last few years that they paid a lot of money to bring in. So you just got to trust them. If they say that they got to yeah. wait, then just let them wait. With Jota, 
you know, it took a lot longer than we thought. It took another month, you know, and that hurt that, that month, a lot of shit happened. That sucked. And even initially <laughs> we were thinking, Oh, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Cause we don't remember seeing a nasty challenge or anything like that. And then it turns out, no, it's going to be a couple months. And then it turns yeah, out, oh, it's we, damn near four. Originally we had hoped he could appear against city. Right. Then, <laughs> now, you know, here we are. It's yeah. disaster time. That 10 game run that we said would define oh. our season kind of did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you think, you think about when he went out against Michelin, you have the Spurs game is a couple weeks after that. And then basically from there, that's when the season becomes what it's become. So having Diogo Jota in those games, that would have made a huge difference, but I, I do think off the bench is yeah, it, just coming off the bench, of course. Yeah. I mean, or even whether he starts or whatever, because if he starts, then you're, you know, let's say you pop Mo onto the bench. Well, having Mohamed Salah come off the bench completely changes the dynamic of the game for the opposition. Like that just completely, whatever happened for the 60 minutes prior just went out the fucking window. Yep. And now the best goal scorer in the league is on the pitch. Like, it totally changes everything. Well, we look at the bench right now and what, especially when you look at like the Everton game, you're down one nil 75th minute. What are you going to Shakiri, Devak Origi? Do those save us the game in any way? Right. Like oh. those, those aren't game changing players in the same kind and of way as a Diogo Jota or a Sadio Mane. If he was coming off the bench, even Roberto Firmino, if he's coming off the bench, he looks a lot different than he does well, when he comes on and starts the game. And let's say that he's coming off the bench, you know, that might be what he needs right now. Maybe he only needs to play a half hour. Maybe it's you're bringing Maybe. him off the bench, but you're not actually going to play him up top. You know, you're going to play him as part of an attacking four or something. You know, it, it, there's a lot of different things that you can do that I think are interesting. It would just because you're getting these, these guys back and your bench is going to be much more well-rounded. I mean, let's face it. We've had that. We've had a child. Uh, appearing on the bench regularly no one's regularly talked about it but the kid i think his name's kane jake kane jake kane yeah like we, we don't talk about it but this kid we don't talk about it because we have no clue who he is yeah and he's you know been he's there consistently this season <laughs> yeah exactly. you know he's not gonna <laughs> like who is this he's kid made, he's having to make up the numbers on the bench because we just don't have any other options like i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he shows up to training like with a little uh lunch box full of orange slices like i have no clue who jake kane is but I'm pretty he's, sure he doesn't even train with the senior team. <laughs> <laughs> he's just there on the bench. Like he just, he trains with the under 23s and they just say, Hey, he's getting uh, to watch. Jake, are you free on Saturday? You yeah, we're playing there? Tottenham. We're going to need you on the bench. <laughs> uh, but let, let, let's just go straight into the attack now. Um, so I think it's fair to say compared to what we expected, uh, we were expecting the attack to carry this team this season. Once all the center backs go down and the attack has been shit. So let's just start with the question I think everyone kind of wants answered. Does G Diogo Jota immediately solve that problem? Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, well, one thing is, is he's just going to give himself, uh, give us another look. I don't know if he solves all of our problems, but I'll tell you one thing. It, it's just going to change the dynamics of the group, which could probably use a little bit of a shakeup at the moment. And he just brings a, a completely different look in the attack. Like he, the, he is the quintessential clock player. If you look at a lot of what he does, I think he does a lot of the things Bobby was doing two years ago. Hmm. Like the way he can win, the, the way he pressures, the way where he wins the ball back, what he then does with it. Yeah, like he's doing a lot of the right things to help us create, take a little bit of pressure off of Mo and Mane, 
And then he gets himself into great places to then score goals. And I, I feel like with Bobby, that's part of what's fallen off is like, I, I don't, he's doing some of the gritty work that he was doing, but then he's not doing it as well. And then he's not getting himself in these great positions that he was getting himself into before. And then when he does, he's not been as effective as he was. So I just feel like, you know, by bringing in Jota again, even if you play them as an attacking four, the four of them together, and you just do Tiago Fabinho and uh, behind them, you, you could probably, that's going to still bring a certain level of intensity yeah. to the attack and a lot of creativity. I like Jota. I, as soon as we said we were going to sign him, I was like, that's a big one. I didn't think we could get him, but uh, that's a clock player. Right yeah, there. Jota was one of those players where I think, at least for me, he went under the radar. But then going back and watching his work at Wolves, you could see it right away. Oh, he's good coming from deep as an attacking mid. Oh, he can play up front. Oh, he can play on the wing. He can play wherever you really want to stick him. And the, the one thing I put in the group chat today that I, I still kind of stand by, at least uh, for what he's looked at as Liverpool, He's not really like a perfect clean player, like in this in the way where it's like you look at him and you just like, oh, I know exactly what he's gonna do. It's like he's kind of random. It's like you, yeah, he'll have so. this one move where it's like, damn, that ball got away from. Oh, he finished first time off of that heavy touch. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's it's stuff like that where it's just like, wait, he's holding the ball too. Oh, and there he just found the corner after taking. I thought that was one touch too many. And that's a goal. Like it, it's stuff like that with Jota, where yeah. kind of going back to what we said with Nabi Keita, where he does a little bit of the unpredictable. And yeah. especially in a season where the largest critique for Liverpool's attack has been they're too damn predictable. So having the unpredictable sounds kind of perfect. Like even if yeah. he's not at his best, just trying something different does sound like a good prospect. I mean, it'll be like with these two coming, say they come into a game together. I'm going to say by 40 minutes, the other team's going to just breathe a sigh of relief when the ball goes out wide to Trent. And then you might not want to do that. <laughs> it might not be the time to breathe a sigh of relief. But you know, you let your guard down because you think, well, this is what we prepared for. And then he puts in a world-class cross, and there's a you know a maniac running in on the other end. <laughs> Jota, you know what I mean? Like, you're right. He is, he is a little bit of a wild card. I like that about him too. But he's just got so much skill but so much physicality at the same time, like it'll run through a wall for you. Yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's been one that I'm like, oh, when's he coming back? Come on, another two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> like, every press conference, like, it was two weeks, two weeks ago. So <laughs> I think that was so disheartening when at the beginning of February, we're expecting like he's going to be back any day now. And the club says, yeah, he's going to be a couple of weeks and then he'll train and we'll see from there. And it's just like, but you said it was going to be like two months like three months ago what happened so yeah it's it, that's been a, that's been a tough one yeah i mean i just hope that you know when he gets back he's at full speed and it might take him a few games and you just bring him off the bench but just yeah. even having that option off the bench like a game-changing option for 30 minutes we just and don't even have it right now that, that's the thing you got to remember too like especially when it comes to both him and keita you don't have to be brilliant for 90 minutes if you're coming in and playing the last 15. We just need you to do one thing that's good, and that could make or break the game. It's and Jota is totally capable of that. He's already done that. Like when they first brought him in, uh, think back to like the Sheffield United game uh, the first time around. He comes in and he's just like, uh, I'm going to go make a play. 
against Arsenal. Yeah, I'm going to go make a play. Like, that's that's kind of all they need him to do. Just make a play. He doesn't have to be brilliant. He doesn't have to bring in some kind of different dynamic. Just make one play. That's all. Yeah. Just, you can do that. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I think that already there was some chem- there They had started to work him into the squad where there was mm-hmm. some chemistry. If you can pick that up where it left yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah, and think back to the city game because I think there is something to, to what you were saying with having the four attackers in there, where you saw that game the first time around against City, it was kind of a, a four four two four two four type look without the ball, where they had Jota and Firmino up front, and they had Sadio Mane and they had Salah, and even though it didn't necessarily turn into goals, it put a lot of pressure on City where they really had to work hard to get the ball up the pitch. And that's something where against the bigger teams, especially that could be a nice little thing to have where you've got two guys pressing at the front and then you don't have to ask as much from Salah or as much from Mane, or you kind of interchange them and then say, all right, well, for the next 15 minutes, Mo, Bobby, you guys are going to be the guys pressing. All right. Now Salah, or excuse me, uh, Sadio, you and Diogo, you guys are going to be the guys pressing like, it it, it it gives you that option to just do different things and have different looks throughout the course of the game just with all those same guys out there because, I mean, all four of them can play in a midfield-type spot if you're going a 4-4-2. All four of them can play as kind of a striker. All four of them can play on the wings. Yeah, I just that's, that's I, 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 I like seeing that. I just yeah. I like seeing that kind of fluidity throughout the attack. That, that's the big thing to me is that you can go, okay, Mo go central, Diogo Jota come over here play on the right wing now instead of that is now so that left back is looking at a guy instead of he's like he's gonna cut in at some point right like he's he's got to get it onto his left foot now he's facing a guy that he doesn't know i haven't studied him as much in for my position for one thing and second of all he can go on he's if he he's probably going to try to go by me because he's going to try to keep it on his right foot but if he cuts back on his left he's not that bad either so now i just don't know (laughs) and so then most central where we know that when he gets the ball there he's a little bit more dangerous and yeah. he's a handful for center backs because if the ball gets through you say there's a through ball do you want to get into a foot race with Mo Salah? i don't like if i'm a center back in the crowd like i don't care who you are not really I'm, if i'm virgil van dyke i'm looking at it and going i, I don't really want to get into a foot race with Mo Salah, <laughs> just because he's got a world-class touch he's fast as shit. And he only needs a little bit of space to finish. Well, not just that, but yeah. even if you do catch up, I mean, he's he's strong enough. You're not going to knock him off the ball all that easy. Like... No, and then like <laughs> he can, he's got the moves so that he could just let, blow, like let you blow by, cut back in or whatever. He's got moves like, and if he's in a central position, it's not as kind of canned. Like I feel like sometimes, like when he gets the ball in the wing, I was like, it, this is like a canned a, a moment straight out of like a script or something like yeah <laughs> goes to his right and here comes the cut back and he's gonna try to shoot it's either cut back, back or you <laughs> lay it to the player coming behind him in in trent like, exactly yeah. exactly and then it's either the overlap or i'm cutting in myself and like they've tried it at times like okay so last season at the beginning of the season they actually did this with a a little bit they start him in the center of the pitch they get they let him kind of bruise with these big center backs and then they slide him out to the left wing and they put sadio in the middle and that would be like complete that would throw teams off right because you know yeah. sadio Mane is a much different proposition 
than Divock Origi, right? So, and then, but for that right back too, you saw it in like, I think it was the game against Norwich where Divock scores. There was another one later in the season where he cuts in and scores. And it was like, I don't think that the, the fullback necessarily knows. He's got this big dude coming out here who's a little unpredictable at times. And also, like, if you give him an inch of space, he can bang a shot. That's the one thing you can say about Divock. It's like, he doesn't need a lot of room to shoot. No. If you give it to him, he'll shoot, and he's a pretty good shooter. I, there's a lot about his game that I don't like, but <laughs> or that not that I don't like, but I yeah. think is a good fit for Liverpool. But if there's one thing he's but, not scared to do. Yeah, and if there's one thing that he can do, it's like, just give him a little bit of space to shoot, and he'll find a shot, and it'll be a mm-hmm. good shot. So, like, for fullbacks, facing him was kind of like, I don't know. He, you know, he might go towards the end line and cross it in with his left foot. He's done that before. So, again, it was it, like, it brings us more of that again. I think Divock kind of, he doesn't really throw, he can't, he doesn't want to do the running necessarily for that left wing role, the stuff that Sadio does. Sadio does a lot of grit and grind out there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's some dirty work sometimes. Divock's not going to give you that. Jota will do that stuff, though. Jota will give you that all day. So I think, yeah, it's it's going to become much more dynamic if he's if he's a hundred percent. Yeah. One last thing um, on the attack, I, I do want to kind of get into is just the fact uh, you brought it up a few weeks ago uh, when we see uh, the starting position from the front three because it has become a little bit you know rinse repeat. But specifically when you think of your two wingers, when you think of Salah on the right and Mane on the left. You have them playing so far wide, and a little bit is because the fullbacks aren't getting as high up. How might Diogo Jota affect that if he's in there with them, if they are going for? Do you think that might just mean where you get to switch those guys off as like a double nine up there up front or something like that? Or, or do, you, do I mean, do you, do you think overall you just might see those guys starting to play a little bit more narrow and specifically for Salah, we know that to be more effective for him? I hope so. I hope that uh, Jota kind of does a little bit of that. You know, we've seen him play in midfield at times mm-hmm. and we've seen him play more like an attacking mid. And I almost kind of like hope that's what the role is okay. uh, where, when he first comes back and you put, you do bring Mo and Mane a little bit more now. You, I just think you've got to get them uh, into a different part of the pitch. And if that means making them a strike duo, that's fine with me. I don't care. I just think that you've got to get them out. They are way too wide right now. And they're having to run 15 yards to get to where they can get a shot. When they've been at their best, we look at the Tottenham game, we look at the West Ham game, where were they getting the ball? More central, like within the frame of the 18-yard box, not out here on the sideline, within that space in there and then making moves at, at that point. Like what? Especially, what good does Muhammad Salah do to you if he's torching a guy on the touchline? Exactly. Well, and like for Sadio, like I just think he's way better centrally. Not that he can't plays from. He's one of the few guys I think at the moment that will definitely run at a defender. But when he's doing it from the the touchline, it, it's kind of limited what he can do. And then he, if he cuts in to shoot. That's been recognized. Yeah. If he's going towards the end line, he's getting it onto his left foot. But but say he goes to the end he line, he, he goes, he uses the touch line, gets around his man, goes to the end line and is cutting back. We're, we also kind of get into the spot where you could then have to talk about Firmino, where 
there's been no one there for him to aim at. Where if he's trying to yeah. center a ball, who's he squaring it to? Like well, that's also well, been a part of like, the problem this year too. Yeah, it feels like every time we get a good ball to come into the box, there's no one there to receive it. Right. And I like Jota might be the guy that is on the end of a lot of this stuff because he's just got a, he's got kind of a nose for it, I think. Or you know, if you get Salah in there, maybe it's him or whatever. <laughs> I should. I just want to see like a little yeah. bit of something different, you know, because well, we know that we know that Mo would like that. If Mo got to be a poacher, he didn't have to create his own. He could <laughs> just got to go in and just tap in like, oh, he was right. love that. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it'll be. I can't wait just to see something different. Yeah, I really hope it's on Sunday. But if not on Sunday, look, you should still be able to beat Sheffield United. You should be. You should be. But we'll see, you know. But if ever I tell you what, you, we've been talking. We were talking about Phillips being in there. If ever there was a game for Nat Phillips to be in there, it's one where like the opposition is Ollie fucking McBurney, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like their best goal scorers are their center backs. <laughs> Got McGoldrick up front, like. Yeah, but McGoldrick, who is like just a brute, like just give. This is a Nat Phillips game. This is the game that he's made for. So him and Kabak is makes perfect sense to me in this one. And you should still be able to win this game. One, two, nil, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I, at this point, I don't think either one of us really want to get it too much into predicting football games. Uh, like why do we want to do that to our mental health? <laughs> but I will ask you one question about the game coming up on Sunday. Dare they play the young man, Rian Brewster? I don't think so. I, I, he hasn't appeared much. I know he hasn't been playing much, but would they do it to troll Liverpool? Nah, they don't have the space for that right now. Like, I know they're 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 just trying to stay up. Yeah, I mean they've got to just go with whatever they think will get them a result. If they thought that that was a good pairing, and honestly, you know if Liverpool roll out Matt Phillips and Ozan Kabak, maybe you try it. Because maybe he's, you know, I, like, I don't think McGoldrick is really going to do much. They don't really have guys. a speedster in that attack. Not in that Brewster way. might be the closest thing. Yeah. So maybe you roll him out there and see what happens. But, yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I'll probably appear at some point. Uh, it's not, I just hope he doesn't score against us. Oh, God. <laughs> that's what, you see, that's what I'm thinking. Where it's just like we're in a position where we're looking at this year as Murphy's Law. Well, if you're writing the script for Liverpool to have the most miserable 2020-2021 season, that would kind of be the fucking bow on it, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> the child that we let go of scoring right. against us now. Like, oh, man. We love now Harvey <laughs> Elliott. He's tearing apart the championship. He's crushing <laughs> in the championship fight. Uh, we we, we mm. loan out to Kumi Minamino and immediately pops He immediately scores a couple of goals. Oh, come on, man. Like, I, I still don't get that move, but... Um, I just, yeah, I think we just don't understand why he wasn't playing for Liverpool, but... Yeah, I mean, I think he's... I think there was an argument in there for him to be playing on a regular basis when he was with us, so, you know, why not just see what happens, but... Yeah. Hey, you know what? He is getting minutes there. He is playing consistently in a, in a side that plays decent football, Looks so... Looks good, yeah. Next year, if, if it's like, oh, he comes back next year and it starts 20 games for Liverpool, ah, fine, whatever. We'll see what happens. All right, so uh did promise a little bit of futures talk. So let's just go and take a look at what you think for Liverpool next season. If 
the dream scenario happened if you could make magic happen you could get whatever you want what are you kind of looking like for the liverpool squad for next year starting 11 and then just like some of your key influencers off the bench so i would really really i think a couple things have to happen one uh these there's players that are legends that are going to have to kind of maybe take on a different role. I'd like to see my dream scenarios. Erling Haaland comes into the team and takes over at the number nine role. Bobby Firmino is our first sub off the bench. I, he is a Liverpool legend. I love Bobby, but you know, he's approaching 30 now. I think he is 30 now. And He's played a lot of games. So when we look at this team, remember the, the guys that were the foundations of it. Bobby Firmino is one of them. He was one of the key guys in Klopp making the systems that he's made and has played so many games for Liverpool. I can't, I can't remember how many games, but he's played an insane amount of games for Liverpool. And he scored a lot of goals, but we've put a lot of miles on him. And maybe I think it would be nice to give him a little bit of a, an opportunity to just go, okay, look, we can, we'll, we'll bring you off the bench, but you're going to play a variety of roles. Like I might need you in a 10. I might actually need you to play even as like an eight. I might need you to play the nine because he's one of the best. The truth is he's one of the best defenders on the team when he's on his game. Mm-hmm. It's, crazy how much he used to create for us defensively now some of that has gone by the wayside but i think you know when you look at it he's burnt out he's suffering without the crowd he's very much an emotional guy who feeds off the crowd i i'd like to see how long come in and then bobby could either play behind him as a 10 or come off the bench or how about just like Firmino because he plays basically three positions for liverpool right now just pick one just play one yeah yeah Exactly. I only need you to do one thing. I don't need just do to do one. Five just things. do one thing. Just do one thing. That's it. And just do it really. <laughs> I'm well. sure that would be a load off for him. That'd be so much yeah, easier. Exactly. And as he as he ages, it'll help keep him healthier. I think it'll get, help keep him a little bit engaged. I don't want to see Bobby Firmino leave the club. I just want to see his role evolve so that he's more effective, and we're making the most of his talents. So, yeah, I would say you know you probably I would like to keep Salah and Mane if possible. Uh, you know. I think that if we, especially if we finish top four, we'll have the money to get Holland without selling Salah. I don't think it's necessary. So I think if you can then have the a front three or you know front four, let's say, and you've got maybe Jota behind to start, Bobby coming off the bench, Mo and Mane and Holland. That's a pretty crazy attacking group. <clears throat> But if you want to go 4-3-3 still, you know, you can chop and change and go based on your opponent, you know, put in what you think you need. You can always start Bobby Firmino in different games. There's going to be games where guys are hurt. There's going to be different scenarios where, look, everyone's going to get their game, right? But it's, you're going to, I think you sell Divock Origi. I think you sell Jordan Shakiri, and you roll with these guys. It's Jota, Haaland, Bobby. Mo, Mane, and Harvey Elliott. That is a good attacking six uh, in terms of options and people off the bench and 
people are probably like, Harvey Elliott's 18. I know, but look, look at the way his body's developing. He's, He's got as many goal contributions this season already, and that's with a dozen plus games left. He's got as many goal contributions as Jack Grealish had in his best season in the championship. Exactly. And like, wouldn't you, would you tell me? He's that you 17, take, by the way. You can tell me you wouldn't take Jack Grealish off the bench right now. I take Jack Grealish <laughs> in the starting 11. So, yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay. I think, you know, it, that was for your six. And then you, so I think Miller is probably going to go to Leeds. It's uh, for kind of a swan song. Genie's out. So, all right, midfield. Right now we're on like eight, eight or nine midfielders in our lineup. You've got to have at least seven, I would say, if because you're going to play a midfield three. So Tiago, uh, Fabinho, Henderson, and then you'd have Ox, Keita, Jones. That's six. And then you're probably going to, I assume you're going to sell Harry Wilson and Marco Grujic. So. I would probably go and get a midfielder. I don't know who. Um, I, it could be a young guy. It could be you – look, you're talking about – you really just need like a seventh choice midfielder most likely. I mean, we're probably not talking about somebody that's going to compete for the starting lineup. But if you wanted to go get a star, I'm not against that. But it, it's kind of one of those things like you're not going to – you're probably not going to sign too many big names. And if you were, one of them is going to be in defense because that's where you've got some headaches. We know that. Uh, we don't know how the, the center backs are going to that we've signed are going to pan out, right? So we don't maybe uh, Ben Davis maybe he doesn't stay. I don't know. You know, maybe he does. We'll see. I got We're gonna have to see him play at some point in order to make that decision. <laughs> but he may never play. And Klopp just go, no, he's not up to the level. You're gonna sell Matt Phillips, I think, because he'll actually have value after this year. He's English. He's 24. He's got kind of a traditional English style of play to him. There's a club in England who's going to want homegrown players. And I think you can get 10 to 15 million pounds for that player. <clears throat> so let's see, outgoing, we have Origi, Nat Phillips, Harry Wilson, Marco Grujic, Shakiri. I'd sell all those guys to fund, you know, Holland, a center back, but I'd really also like a right back. And the reason I'd like a right back is because I think that Trent could move into the midfield and play a, diff a different role possibly next year. I'm not saying he wouldn't play right back ever again, but it would be interesting to see him start to shift into a midfield role. Do you think next season would be too soon to try to just roll it out? No, I, I really don't. I, I think that, like, look, he's been a part of the attack so much that it's not even going to be that foreign. And also... Yeah, he maybe needs to put on a little bit of weight in terms of muscle, but you know, it, 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 he's got all the skills and he's got the experience now to play any position he wants in the Premier League, I think. He's got a style of play that you know, he can give you incredible shots with his laces, with his uh, with a curl. He can give you balls through the midfield that unlock a defense. He can play 40 yards, which is he can do whatever you want. I think kind of putting him in a position like you would put Gerard in isn't necessarily the worst idea. Uh, and if you need midfield depth, 
you know, I, I, I like it as an option. I don't, you know, I like Nico Williams. He may end up being a, a really great player, but it wouldn't be the worst thing if he didn't have to be that at the age of 19. So, like, I think that it, it, like, it is another thing. If Trent goes down, Nico Williams is really, once James Milner is gone, Nico Williams is your only backup. Yeah. Back. So I would like to go get a right back. Uh, you know, I don't want to say like an Aaron Wan-Bissaka type, but almost like an Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Well, someone who's a more traditional there. right back who's going to be better in the challenge, not going to go nearly as far forward, where yeah. he's going to get to midfield and, okay, probably stop. Like, Maybe hold patrol a little further, but he's not going to be there where you need to have a Henderson to get back in order to make that function. I mean, and, like, to tell you the truth, I've kind of liked Juan Basaka's game this year. Like, he's been pretty good even going forward. I'm not saying he's incredible, but he's he's done a job. He, he kind of looks like what Trent has been this year, where Trent is, like, almost skittish to go forward. But yeah. that's kind of perfect for Juan Basaka's game because he doesn't need to get into the penalty area. He doesn't need that's to be not, a creator. That's not who he is. It's a yeah. bonus when he does that. Yeah. But he, but he can do it. <clears throat> so I think, yeah, like, maybe a right back. I'd like either Carr or the Kuyate kid possibly to come in as a center back if you're not going to keep these guys. We'll see what happens with Kabak. I think of all the guys there that are there right now, the three center backs that we have right now, Kabak is the one that has the best chance of staying. Um, Davis, while cheap and, you know, maybe good, I don't know, but I, we'll see. If he doesn't start more than five games, I'm not banking on him making this move permanently. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, this is good, and then off to Celtic he goes, which will be a great move for his career. He'll get to play, you know, well, next year in Europa League, but maybe Champions League. I was going to say, it's no Rangers. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're going to be the Champions League spot. But he'll get to play at a, at a club that has a chance to win things and, and play in Europe, and so that'll be good for him. But if that happens, though, You'll have your three center backs that we have now. You'd have Kabak. I think you still need one more to make Fabinho your sixth option, which would be the best way to go. And I would try to go after either Carr or the kid from the other kids from Red Bull, not the one that just signed for uh, Munich. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think Carr, you know, the scouting report on him was really good. And they, they talked about him being kind of like a, a, a new Virgil van Dyke in terms of his style of play. And, and maybe he could give you, if say, Say Virgil can't come back until October, or maybe uh, he comes back, but he has kind of a little, like a little niggle or something, and it's not quite right, or maybe just struggles to get up to match fitness at first, or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that Virgil Van Dyke isn't superhuman and that he's not going to come back and be perfect right away. That's totally possible. But let's just say that it's not the way that it pans out because our luck is running. <laughs> It would be nice to have somebody that could kind of imitate him, yeah. even if it's like a low budget version of him. It'd be nice to have somebody who could imitate him. And, you know, you'll get Matzit back and you'll get Joe, get Joe back. You'll have these different options. And it would take a lot of the pressure. You know, Kabak's now coming to a situation where he's facing a lot of pressure. But then next year, you know, kind of. If he's third or fourth choice just fighting for a spot, like that's so much easier at 21 years old. Yeah. Take it easy, develop, work on your body you know work on your game go do some wind sprints get a little quicker (laughs) all right you're gonna play against you know lincoln town in the fa cup and whatnot but we're not gonna yeah i like that's if we ever get to play a lincoln town in the fa cup instead of wolves Uh, all right (laughs) (laughs) Manchester united like can we just get somebody who's not in the Premier league (laughs) 
I want city draws. One FA Cup. Oh, nah. Never gonna happen. Never. But I think you know. I think we're set at keeper, and I, at least for now, um, you could probably go out and look for a third option keeper other than Adrian because I think Adrian's contract is up. Yeah, year. but they did bring in um, young Spanish kid uh, oh, over yeah, the yeah. summer. Yeah, so I think, and he has been training a lot with the team. I can't remember the kid's name, but he does seem like one for the future. So if you got the one for now, then the backup Kelleher and the one for the future, I think you're probably good there. Yeah, I think you're all set there. So no money to be spent on the keeper. And, you know, I think we're probably set at left back now. Hopefully Shimakas can start to play more of a role. Um, And, you know, this first year settling in was always going to be kind of an adventure for him. But injury, COVID, it's been a year for him too. Yeah, it's not it's not going great. But hey, kid, it can't get any worse. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get any worse. So, uh, how about you? It was uh, like because yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, so you're probably doing what fifty to sixty in sales, maybe if you're lucky. If you if you get the max, if you get the value on, if it, you're getting max value, then yeah. That's on the upper end is that 50, 60 range. I mean, I'm thinking they'll probably, because I'm, I'm, I'm considering them selling a lot of the similar players like Origi, Shakiri. Those are two guys who are going to play first team football wherever they go. I could easily see someone like Devok Origi go somewhere in France, like Lille, who's you know top of the French league right now, or Olympiac, um, some, somewhere like that. Olympiac. He came from Lille though. Right. So like, I could see him, I could see him easily going somewhere like that. For a Belgian to be able to go somewhere where you can speak French and all and, and all that, like yeah, that, yeah. that sounds that sounds like a life. And to play in a easier league where they're not nearly as quick, so Origi would be running by some uh, people in that league. Yeah, that sounds great for him, and I'm sure a team would like to have a Champions League winner on their squad. Um, but then you also have Shakiri, who's still in a spot where he's a prime player, where he can go and. It'd be more of a mid-table squad, but he would be starting every single week for a very good Premier League team. And if he were to go back to Germany or something like that, I mean, he'd be a king back over there. So he, mm. he, he they're both players where I look at where it's like, all right, you should be getting somewhere around 20 for each of them. Um, but then I have no clue what you're going to get out of Gruwich. I have no clue what you're going to get out of Wilson. But I would absolutely be saying those are players you, be, you should be trying to sell as well. And yeah. then outside of that, I feel like the squad shouldn't change too much. Um, I mean, looking at the keeper, Becker, and Kelleher. Looking at right back, you've got Nico behind Trent. Looking at center back, I think you're pretty much square away now. Uh, because with Kabak, I do look at him as a third choice, but would be vying for that second spot. Especially if he you know, does kind of develop over the next couple of months, which he doesn't really have much of a choice to. He's going to have to get better. (laughs) So so he doesn't have a choice. So that could be great for him long-term, or it could absolutely send him into the shitter. Like, we'll see how he plays. But with those guys, with Virgil van Dijk back, with Matip back, with Gomez back, with Kabak, I feel pretty good at that spot, Davis being your fifth center back. And then you go to potentially whether it's Phillips or if he goes off like you kind of think could happen, or if it's Comezio or if it's Williams. Well, now all of a sudden you've got a gang of dudes who have senior center back experience at Liverpool and you feel a lot better at that position, even if you don't have Virgil van Dyke and Virgil van Dyke 1A and 1B. Like you still feel really good about at least the depth of that situation. 
I think the two spots where I would want to add right away, Erling Holland, we can agree on that because he's a generational talent. Like so many people talk about how FSG, they're money ball, they're not going to spend money. But the one thing that people have to remember about money ball, about that kind of setup is that Moneyball only tells you to be cheap when you're spending in the margins. If you were getting a squad player, that's where you go for the cheaper option. That's where you go for the player who you're being a little that's bit more creative. Data science. <laughs> you go for the data science when you're going for a squad player. But if it's a generational talent, you spend all your money. I mean, think of what the Boston Red Sox did with Carl Crawford. They determined Carl Crawford to be their, their guy. He turned out to not be their guy, but they <laughs> broke the bank for Carl Crawford. When they looked at David Price, same way, they went and spent a bunch of money. Even just here at Liverpool, you look at what they did with Virgil, Virgil van, Dyke, van Dyke, broke the bank. Allison, Allison, broke the bank. Going at Nabi Keita, broke the bank. And two of those three guys have panned out to be the guy that they thought they were getting. So when you look at FSG, I think it's a little overstated that they're reluctant to spend. They're reluctant to go waste money. They're not reluctant to spend. And I don't think those are the same thing. So if Erling Holland is, if they have the money to get Erling Holland, I think they would make it happen because he is a generational talent. He's not just a target man. He's not just a false nine. He's kind of a complete center forward. And that's one thing that Liverpool don't have an attack and they're sorely needing even more. So, I, I mean, Jordan, he's talked me into it, man. I think he's <laughs> more... I think he's I think he'd be more important for this side for Liverpool than even Kylian Mbappe. And I think Mbappe is going to be the best player of this next crop. But he's also a winger in a way where he's not a center forward. Holling is a complete center forward. And I think if you are able to complement him with Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah and Diogo Jota, I totally agree that that is a dynamic attack. I mean, that's that's football and cocaine right there. That's amazing. That is amazing. So I, I would say, yes, Erling Holland because he's a generational talent. If it's not Holland and it's Mbappe, whatever. If you are able to get someone who's a generational talent, I don't care how much debt you have to rack up. You go get that guy. Then the other player outside of that that I think they should be considering, I do think that they should go for a midfield option. But I specifically think for a backup number six. Because what we've seen this season without Fabinho, without a destroyer in the midfield, you really see a lot of guys doing things that are uncomfortable, especially when you consider that Thiago was brought in to play a certain role. When you know what Genie Vinaldum looks like when he's at his best. When you know what Jordan Henderson looks like when he doesn't have to play the six and he's free to play the eight. Liverpool operates so much better when they have someone in that six position who is just messing stuff up and nobody can get by him. And it might even be a bonus if it's someone who could, you know, go play center back if you really, really need him to. So if Liverpool, and obviously they would not be able to get him because he'd be too expensive and he's obviously already a starter in the Premier League, but someone like a Declan Rice who can play the six, who can play as a center back, he's kind of that do whatever the hell you need him to do as a destroyer. Someone of that mold is what they should be looking at. And maybe Marco Gruich is that, you know? Maybe we're wrong and Gruich is going to be the guy to do that. But someone in that mold of Declan Rice is what I would look at. But um, Liverpool have been like... I would kill for someone in the mold of Wilfred and Didi. But... Oh, yeah. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> Wilfred and Didi. Like, dude, even Yuri Tillemans, who's not a six particularly, but he plays so tough and strong in the eight role where it's like, he might as well be. 
like someone like that oh 100% but yeah. but yeah just any kind of destroyer well, I'm not gonna that's what I would be looking at sign someone with D Rice on the back of their jersey I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you're getting you're getting his shirt right away yeah yeah, if that'll yeah, ever that so were to happen, for the first time I'm getting a player's <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, there aren't any thick pins who are good at football, so I don't know if that's ever going to happen for me. But yeah, that's that's what I would kind of look at. I would look at as a backup six or someone who could kind of play in as a double pivot, backup center back, yeah, yeah. Some, some, no, that, someone who's a, just a destroyer. A shot. But yeah, but Renato Sanchez is the dude who they've been linked with from Lille. He's more of a number eight than he is a six, but. That's uh, a player He's who Liverpool has been linked with. But yeah, like you said, it's been linked <laughs> with him for what the last two, three years. He's on. He's oh, getting into the Adama Traore and Ismailia Sar territory of. I oh, know he's well past that. Or he's well, he's well past Sar. Sar's only been yeah, a year and a half. This has been since like the 2016 Euros. Every yeah, right. Is the that we're gonna get Renato Sanchez. Like, okay. Right. No, he's getting into. He's like, getting into uh, to Lamar range. He's getting into <laughs> to Thomas Lamar. Oh, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's gotten ridiculous. It, it'll be interesting to see what business would happen this summer. I think it's pretty safe to say that there will be moves made because yeah. they rolled the dice on going with the same squad this year, plus Tiago and Jota, and even that wasn't enough. I just, I'm not from a standpoint where I think they would need to make four or five moves to make it happen. I think. If they even just got two backups, a backup nine yeah. who could go in and out with Bobby and a backup six. I think if everyone's healthy, that's enough to go win the league next year. I don't think they have to go and spend a bunch, but I mean, there's a generational talent who's about to become available. I think you need to go get him. Yeah, me too. And there's another concern here. And it's just the, the age profile of the squad. You know, I, I think sure. you've got a lot of guys in their late twenties and you want to have guys that are in their mid twenties coming in behind them. Mm -hmm. And we just don't have it at the moment other than Navi's 25. Okay. He's okay. For, for a couple of years, you still got him in his mid twenties. I'm trying to think of who else though. Jota is 23. Jota's 23. Trent is still young. 22. Um, mm -hmm. But Robbo is 28 this year. Minamino is 24. Four, I want to say. So that's another one. Okay, Elliot so going to be like eighteen. Like they do, there. they do have a number of young guys, but it's. I think they've got too many guys who are one year away, and not as many guys who are like this is a guy who would be starting first team on another Premier League team. They got a couple yeah. of guys who's like fringe. Yeah, you know? yeah, and we've got as far get, as those young younger in the profile of that age. Yeah. We've got to bring those guys along a little bit and. Because in two years, I, I don't think you're going to – I think we're going to view the way we rely on guys like Mane and Salah a little bit differently. I think you're going to view the way we lean on Henderson quite so much in a different way. So, yeah, Henderson can't do this forever. Uh, I mean, he, no. he's so integral to their side. They need someone else to be able to do that. And there's currently no one on the roster that can replicate what Jordan Henderson does. I think he'll be 31 next season. Yeah, he, he already turned 30. He turned 30 right before they won the Premier League last year. So he's turning yeah. 31 this summer. So 31 this summer. So mm -hmm. the next year, you know, you're cut. So yeah. it's, he's getting up there in, in his years, not like he's old or anything by life standards, but by football standards. Yeah. You know, 32 is where you start to decline. And let's be honest. Especially as a that, midfielder. I, I would say putting in that workman type role for Liverpool, the way they're constructed. Like as, as much as people talk about, oh, Liverpool can't play this style forever. 
I'm not worried about Mane, Salah, Firmino. I'm worried about the midfielders. They're the ones who yeah. have been putting in all the dirty work. So if anyone's football career is going to be cut short, it'd be someone like Jeannie Van Aldum. It'd be someone like like uh, James Milner, someone like Jordan Henderson. Yeah. Those are the guys yeah. who have been busting their ass the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I, that's kind of, I'm in the same place. Like I worry about those same guys. So I think it'll be interesting to see kind of uh, how they rebuild. Not this summer. This summer, I think you can just focus on a couple of key signings. But those signings will be crucial in helping you rebuild down the line again. So like after next season, you're going to have another summer where you are going to have to bring in some younger talent or some that kind of middle 20s range talent. And, and who knows? And maybe the guys who they do have, the younger, younger guys do develop to that point where this it's Jake possible. Kane dude, we're talking about him in two years, like, oh, my God, he's amazing. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> we don't or, know. Or, or maybe it is, like you said, maybe Marco Vrij has a role to play when he comes back. I, I don't know. Right. He's only 23 years old. But maybe. Uh, maybe you know, Harvey Elliott ends up becoming an absolutely incredible player. And you think to yourself, like, well, we really don't need any expensive attacking players for a while because we've got Holland and Har- Harvey Elliott. And this is the Welsh Messi and you know, or whatever, you, the English Messi. Oh, and, and then a generational talent in Holland. And you, you've got these, yes, aging Sadio Mane or Bobby Firmino hanging around, but nonetheless, still very good players. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it, it'll be – and Diogo Jota as well. So, like, it'll be interesting to see kind of as we get into – as we come out of the next summer, what the squad profile looks like. So, I do think there will be some significant changes. Yeah, I, I just – I look at it from the standpoint where I think the term rebuild gets thrown out. And I look at Liverpool, and I'm like, they don't need a rebuild. They just need it's, to reload. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, they it's just need – they just need a couple extra bullets in the chamber. That's it. that's it that's that is the better way to look at it It, like you said the the term rebuild it's easy to think of like oh well if bobby firmino and gina van aldum and you know let's say joel matip or something wasn't in the lineup that's a rebuild well that's Mm -hmm. not really rebuild that's just a restructuring maybe or right if you're if you're moving those guys from being starters down to the bench and then you're bringing in someone who was on the bench to a starting role like that's a shift that's not a complete overhaul in the same kind of way. And and, and then I, I'm still stuck on the fact that like so many people, when they talk about what Liverpool would have to do to go get a top tier talent, it's always, they would have to sell Salah, cash in on Salah, go get rid of Salah. And I'm looking at Salah as like, he's your best player right now. So going and trying to, you would have to bring in someone who's as good, if not better. And there's only a handful of dudes on the planet who can do that. Oh. So making that move doesn't make sense if you're trying to get better. So I, I just, I, I don't see that as being the way either. Not only that, but like, if I'm him, given the current situation, what? You want to go to Barcelona and not get paid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the checks are bouncing. <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Are you going to go to Real Madrid? You're going to move your young anyway. family to Spain where y'all already don't speak the language and the pressure is going to be intensified because they actually do love him on Merseyside. He's going to be just another dude. Ask Eden Hazard how that's going. Like, Well, not only that, but like... Grass ain't always greener, bro. <laughs> they just announced that they're like 518 million euros in debt. Mm-hmm. Both the Spanish <laughs> well, clubs. Spanish clubs are in disarray in France. They're having all kinds of issues with their TV contracts. Like 
Liverpool are no one in, bought the P the French TV rights. <laughs> right. Liverpool and the English Premier League are in so much of a better financial standpoint than anyone around the world is in. And I don't think people are really taking that into consideration because that has an impact. What it means when you don't have the money coming in from the TV deal, all of a sudden winning the competition doesn't mean what it did when you had that big TV money, because that's all it is. It's not like, oh, you win the Premier League, therefore you get this much money. It's you get this cut of our TV money that we brought in. Like, that's the kind of thing that you have to take into consideration. Obviously, the Champions League is kind of a little bit different because it's controlled by UEFA, which controls all of Europe. But you have to remember that it does make a difference from what you just get off of your winnings. And then, of course, the marketability and, you know, the Premier League, pretty damn visible. Like, they're watched everywhere. It's not just the super teams, but it's everyone that's watched all across the world. So there's just more money and more opportunity being in England right now. Like, that may not be the case forever because, like, you and I have kind of gone back and forth in the group chat. All of the other leagues are the ones that are competitive, not the Premier League right now. So maybe in five years, maybe in five years, it'll be the Bundesliga, and that'll be the one everybody's watching. But for right now, maybe England's where it's at, and it's not even close. It's really not close. Yeah, I I do think some shifts are happening, but at this moment, and this is the the last big move of Mohamed Salah's career, right? Like whatever happens next is after that, it's going to be like he's thirty-two or thirty-three. Where do you think he's going to go? Probably like I don't know if he'll ever play in MLS, but maybe he goes and plays in Qatar or in China or something like that. It's not going to be. Like he just stays at the highest level forever. That's not likely. So I think, for, but for me, like for him, if I'm thinking about Mohamed Salah as a brand, right? What does PSG offer me that Liverpool can't? Nothing. They don't even have a fucking TV deal. <laughs> like they're not even shown in every country in the world. Like, and like to your point, you pointed this out in the group chat was. Are people waking up in China to watch that league or just to watch PSG? And does that undermine the credibility of that league? Like, because you're just, it's one team. It's one team to, to most people outside of that country. It's one team. So, and like, if, if you're not going to end it, like, okay, Real Madrid or Barcelona, they make a difference. They are their Salah. own brands, yes. Yeah. So, so Brand Salah aligns with that and it mm-hmm. becomes a big thing. I totally get that. Yes. Another team that could maybe do it is Bayern Munich, but does he fancy that? Is that, I don't know, is that's what he's in? I, I don't picture him playing in Germany as like his next. I move. think he would go back to Italy before he would go to Germany. I, that's what I think too. And I, I, I just don't see him at Juventus. Uh, I mean, that doesn't really no. make sense. That's like, what's he going to do? Go back to Roma? Like, they're not even in the Champions League right now. Like, what is the other move? He's not going anywhere in England. So. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it would be a different conversation if you were looking at Real Madrid and they were top crushing and that's clearly the spot everyone wants to be. I just, I don't see that being the case for them. And then Barcelona, they just, maybe if Barcelona were to actually sell Messi and get all the money they, they would want for Messi, which would never happen in a billion years. <laughs> but if they were to make a 500 million pound transfer for Messi, then maybe you could say, well, then it would make sense to go get Salah. 
Okay. Yeah. Then that becomes a different conversation. <laughs> right. That becomes a different conversation. But as things sit right now, it just it doesn't make sense for him because anything else would be a lateral, if not step back. It'd be a lateral move as far as the team goes. And then as far as the league goes, it'd be a clear step back, which, yeah. you know, maybe you can make the argument that, hey, you'd want that. It'd be a little bit easier on the legs week in, week out. But, maybe, but, that, but yeah. he wants to play at the highest level for a little longer. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like he's a competitor where he would want to play the toughest competition week in, week out. That's where I think so many guys do want to take on that challenge of going to play in a wet night in Stoke and doing it then. You know what I mean? Like, I think guys are attracted to that because they're competition-aholics. Like, they don't want the easy path. They want to destroy everyone and everything. They want yeah. to be their own man and go and be the man and crush it. <laughs> yeah. I Like, I don't, you know, who knows about Sadio, but I, I don't see him leaving. I just I don't know why. Yeah. I just feel like he's made to be here until he's decided right. that he doesn't. But that's not going to be for a while. All right. Now. So here, so you, you notice I didn't really mention um, offloading anyone, but I do think, if you were to offload any of the front three, I think Sadio would make more sense than Salah right now. Only because right I don't I can't assume that he's gonna get back to the form where he was two years ago or even beginning of last year. I can't assume that. I would say it's more likely he's at his peak compared to Salah. I don't think Salah is at his peak quite yet because I see his numbers and it's like, wow, he's about to put up 17, 18 again. You see Firmino, clearly he's past his peak. So you're not going to get the same kind of value. So as far as the loss of talent that is irreplaceable compared to the money that you can get for them, Sadio would make more sense. And I say that as a dude who literally today just purchased another Sadio Mane shirt. So I do not want to see him go at all. And I would not want to see him go even if that meant bringing in Mbappe or Holland. I would rather keep it with Sadio. But from a purely business standpoint, I think he would make the most sense because Salah, we don't, we don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's ever going to uh, have a sharp decline. I think people assume it's going to happen, but I've seen it nothing may not to be for a while. Right, I've seen nothing to signal that he's going to drop off. With Sadio, he's gotten hurt a few more times. He's had the dead leg issue last year and this year. He's been a little inefficient in the same way that Mo has, but he also hasn't had the goal contributions to kind of make it okay. Well, cover it up. So. I, I think if you're being ruthless, he would be the one that you look at. I think Bobby would be the easy one to say, like, all right, well, he's clearly past his prime. But, again, you're not going to get the same kind of money you would for either Salah or Sadio. But, but yeah, I just I, I still think Liverpool are in a spot where if they can financially do it, you absolutely go get Holland. Don't even think about selling nobody. And then just go win everything next year because that's probably how that would shake out if they were to get somebody like Holland without sacrificing any of the front three. Hey, if we get top four, I think it happens. But that's just me. I'm an optimist. I I, I think it can happen. I think it can happen regardless. Like I'm I'm gonna come out with a little conspiracy. Erlen Holland, Jaden Sancho, Kylian Mbappe, all Nike, Nike athletes. athletes. I know. Liverpool, <laughs> Nike club, and Nike's number one guy right now, LeBron James. Oh, he happens to own Liverpool. Hey, shoe money, shoe money, commercial deals, 
that's what's moving the sporting world, whether we like it or not. Those kind of long-term deals, getting in those for life deals with Nike, that is what's moving the needle right now, not just going and winning football games, unfortunately. That's the way the world. It's possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think Nike would. I mean, and and especially for Holland and Sancho, they are currently at Dortmund, which is a Puma club, not a Nike club. So I think they would like to have their top Nike guys at Nike clubs if they could swing it. So I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> I like the optimism. I'm just saying. <laughs> But all right, David. Normally we have the uh, we have the two minute warning coming in every few minutes when we are on our longer Zoom yeah. calls. We've gone nearly two hours because it's just been the two of us, and Zoom allows yeah. you to have a conversation with two people as long as you want. Exactly. This is two shows now. Yeah, we could probably go all night if we really wanted to. I don't feel like editing two shows, so y'all are just gonna have to sit through a two hour show. <laughs> hey, TBKT marathon. Yeah, but it's been it's been it's been a fun one. It's been a fun one. We covered a lot of stuff, David. It's been real. It's been a good show. <sighs> I'm Darius. I'm David. It's been Tampa Bay Cop Talk. Just the two of us. Let's... We'll see you next time. Hopefully, we Liverpool can get three, three points, points if we try. <laughs> get three <laughs> points if they try. Just the two of us, He's David and I. Off the Reds. Off the Reds. <laughs> <laughs>